with a look at Radio On The Go Sports for this Saturday morning. I'm Dwayne Karstens reporting here on KLMJ. Last night, our feature game on 104.9 FM, North Butler Bearcats homecoming game. Send things over to Mitch Williams for a recap on that one. It was homecoming for the North Butler Bearcats in green on Friday night as the Bearcats welcomed the North Tama Redhawks in a Class A District 3 tilt in green. The Bearcats were 4-1 on the season looking for playoff positioning with a win over the Redhawks. North Butler would start the game with the ball, but would punt, and there would be several punts between the Redhawks and the Bearcats in that first quarter. In the second quarter, a North Tama fumble by Canuck, recovered by Koopa. The Bearcats would get things going there in the second quarter, but North Butler not able to drive and would punt near midfield. North Butler would take a 6-0 lead late in that first half on a Tanner Argus one-yard QB sneak, so to say. He came in for Brody Wagsness there late in that second quarter and got the go-ahead touchdown there, leading 6-0 for the Bearcats at halftime after that Tanner Argus one-yard touchdown run. And then the first half would end with a couple of punts between the Red Hawks and the Bearcats. Third quarter would start with a North Tama drive, but they would punt. The next score would come with North Tama driving, and Canock on a fourth and one at the North Butler 20 would go 20 yards to the house and tied at six apiece. The two-point conversion was no good, and we are tied at six all as we headed into the fourth quarter. That touchdown scored early in the fourth quarter. The Bearcats would respond, though, with a Tanner Argus one-yard touchdown run once again there in the middle of the fourth quarter on a fourth and goal that featured about four plays inside the North Tama five that included a false start inside the one-yard line, and the Bearcats were able to come away with points. Again, Tanner Argus, the one-yard touchdown there I should say that time he was the tailback as North Butler took a 14-6 lead after the two-point conversion from Wagsness to Buss was good, again, to make it 14-6. North Tama would get the ball next or forced to punt with about three and a half minutes to go. North Butler on the final drive able to convert a couple of third downs and on a fourth and six would get a carry by Argus. He would gain about seven yards and would run out the remaining time as North Butler got the 14-6 homecoming win over the Red Hawks of North Tama. Looking at final stats here, North Tama was led by Colt Canock, the quarterback, rushing 16 carries, 65 yards, and that lone touchdown. Canock passing the ball 8 of 17 for 78 yards as a team, 162 yards for the Red Hawks as North Tama falls to 2-4. and four. North Butler led by Brady Austin on the night, 12 carries, 46 yards, but it was Tanner Argus was 12 carries, 31 yards, and those two one-yard touchdown runs to make the difference in this ball game. North Butler improves to 5-1 and one on the season, 3-1 and one in district play. That's Class A District 3. And next week, next Friday night, in green, they will host National Plainfield in a huge game in Class A District 3 that will likely determine if the Bearcats can host a playoff game in 2023. So again, the Bearcats improve to 5-1 and one on the season, 3-1 and one in district play. And thank you very much, Mitch, for that report as North Butler gets the win. Last night in Hampton, Webster City's Jackson Cherry was our rolling ball of butcher knives in the first half as he scored three touchdowns, ended up with over 100 yards rushing in the first half alone, did not play the second half, and Webster City cruised to a 35-6 victory over Hampton Dumont Cal. The Bulldogs uh, were down 28 to nothing at halftime. They did come out with a nice drive to start the second half, a 10-play drive that got them to clear down to the Webster City 20, but it stalled out on downs. The HD Cal defense, though, rose up, stopped Webster City for the first 
first time in the ballgame with 56 seconds to go in the third quarter, and that propelled them on another long drive, 85-yard drive, 10 plays. Brody Walton rips off a 20-yard touchdown run with 8.01 to go in the fourth quarter, but it was a little bit too late for the Bulldogs. Uh, they would score one more time, Webster City would, to make it 35-6, the final score in the game. Jackson Cherry, 101 yards all in the first half, three touchdowns. Keegan Hissler, the quarterback, had 142 total yards and a touchdown toss. Cale Nixon, uh, the other running back that did well in that single wing, 140 yards and a score for Webster City, who is now 4-2 and two overall, and they are at Charles City next week. Hampton Dumont Cal falls to 4-2. and two. They're at Clear Lake this next week. The Bulldogs were led by Gavin Meter with 117 yards passing. A lot of that in the second half. Tucker Heron with 49 yards and Scott Hart with 48 yards. His favorite targets there as Hampton Dumont Cal again falls 35-6 to Webster City. One of the other area teams in our area, and this team is staying unbeaten, Clarksville. And Phil Barnett has more. This is Phil Barnett reporting from Clarksville for the Dale Howard Overdrive on KLMJ and KQCR, where tonight the home team, Clarksville Indians, took on the visiting Green Mountain Garden Wolverines. Um, the Indians came out victorious tonight with a final score of 90-22. Uh, High-scoring affair here in district play. Um, kind of a long drug out first half, a lot of scoring, a little bit of back and forth. Um, uh, for the Indians, starting off the scoring in the first quarter. Um, first possession, first play of the game, 11 minutes, 46 seconds left. In the first quarter, McKay Bloker took off on a 57-yard run, followed by a McKay Bloker two-point conversion run to make the score 8 nothing Indians right out the gate. Uh, the ensuing kickoff for the Wolverines, Jabari Woodbury returned the kickoff 70 yards for a touchdown for the Wolverines. The two-point conversion was no good, making the score 8-6 with 11 minutes and 35 seconds left in the first quarter. Uh, another quick score for the Indians following with 11 minutes and 21 seconds left in the first quarter. Uh, 30-yard pass from Eli Schmidt to Sam Hooger, followed by an Owen Baker two-point conversion run, making the score 16-6 Indians. Indians got on the board again in the first quarter with 10 minutes and 17 seconds left. A 14-yard McKay Bloker run, followed by a McKay Bloker two-point conversion carry, making the score 24-6 Indians. Uh, another score for the Indians with 8 minutes and 25 seconds left in the first quarter. McCabe Bloker, 40-yard run, followed by Eli Schmidt to Sam Hooger pass on the two-point conversion, making the score 32-6 Indians. Another score in the first quarter with 5 minutes and 14 seconds left. 11-yard uh, run by Eli Schmidt, followed by an Eli Schmidt two-point conversion carry, making the score 40-6 Indians. Uh, the Wolverines were able to get back on the board late in the first quarter with two minutes and 59 seconds left. A 40-yard pass received by Jabari Woodbury, followed by a Ryder Kuka two-point conversion reception, making the score 40-14 to 14 Indians. Uh, one more final score. Round out two more final scores round out the first quarter. Two minutes and 43 seconds left. A 24-yard run by McKay Bloker, making the score 46-14. to 14. The two-point conversion try was no good. And then the final score of the first quarter with 11 minutes or 11 seconds left, uh, Owen Baker for the Indians took off on a 61-yard carry to make the score 52-14 Indians. That was followed up by an Eli Schmidt to John Stauffer two-point conversion pass, making the score 54-14 Indians at the end of the first quarter. 
And that's all the time we have for that particular report. As they going on and on, they scored uh, 90 points, 90 to 22 fast break football for undefeated Clarksville. They got a showdown with Rated Gladbrook Rhinebeck next week. Other area scores saw Wapsie Valley shut out EGWSR in Ackley 55 to 0. Applington Parkersburg back on the winning side, winning at Central Springs 41 to 18 last night. Lake Mills shut out Belmont Clemmy 41 0. Clarion Goldfield Dows takes a tough loss to Forest City 22 to 16. Dyke New Hartford battle of rated teams. MMFL Marmac proving their worth 34 to 14 over the Wolverines last night. Top rated Grundy Center stays undefeated. A win over South Harden 42 to 14. It was Iowa Falls Alden that had the lead early, but the West Marshall comes back and gets the win in state centers 38 to 21 over the Cadets last night. And the Northwood Kansas Vikings defeat the Rockford Warriors 56 to 12 in eight man football. Other scores of interest saw number one St. Ansgar shut out Mason City Newman 61 to 0. Third rated West Hancock a 57 to 6 winner over South Central Calhoun. And it was South Winnesheek defeating Nashua Plainfield. The Huskies were rated number nine, but South Wind wins 22 to 14 last night in Class 1A football. And some other scores of interest in Class 2A saw Jessup defeat Union 13 to 7. In 3A, Humboldt over Charles City 35 to 9. And Clear Lake holds off Algona 29 to 28. Algona had the go-ahead touchdown with uh, by around a minute or less on the clock, but it was called back due to penalty. Clear Lake holds on for a 29 to 28 victory there last night in Class 3A. Well, today in college football, third-rated Wartburg hosts Coe in a key American Rivers Conference game. Both teams are 4 and 0. After giving up 35 points in a season-opening win against Monmouth, the Knights have not given up an offensive score in their last three games. We saw a few things happen out there that led to some big plays that we've been able to correct, I feel like, and I'm hoping that we can continue to eliminate those and stay consistent. And, and hey, if you can stop the run and, and people got to throw the ball to try to beat you, you know, you got a good chance to win. That's Wardburg coach Chris Winter, who says Coe is a balanced team. You know, they, they play really tough defense, hard to run the ball on those guys, hard to keep a balance on offense with the way that they play. They're aggressive and physical. They pride themselves a lot on the same things that we do when it comes to playing defense. And they don't give up a lot of big plays, and they make it hard on you offensively. And kickoff is at 1 p.m. today at Walston Hoover Stadium in Waverly. Iowa State football takes a 2-2 two and two record on the road to 14th rank Oklahoma. Cyclone coach Matt Campbell says his team must contend with a Sooner offense that's averaging nearly 47 points per game and giving up in less than 9 points on the other side of the ball. And then how do you handle a road game environment? You know, we, we didn't we didn't handle our first test and you know you know have another opportunity to get on the road in one of the great places of all time to play college football. So uh, a real challenge for us across the board. And kickoff at 6 p.m. right here on KLMJ, pregame at 4 p.m. The Iowa Hawkeyes looking to bounce back against Michigan State this evening. Coach Kirk Ferentz says the focus has been on improvement and their ball control style of offense is not changing mid-season. You stay the course and focus on improvement. And that's kind of what we've done. We've, we've been in situations after four games where we've had a loss or two losses and yeah, things turned out okay. Despite as bad as it was or as hard as it was, uh, things turned out okay. But in that situation where it didn't turn out so well, there's no nobody knows the answer. That's really the reality of this whole thing. So it's all about, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? All you can do is worry about today, trying to make today better. And then uh, we'll turn the page tomorrow and, you know, try to have great Wednesday practice and then, then move from there. And again, Iowa Hawkeyes kick off at 6.30 tonight against the Michigan State Spartans. Other action, Drake at Moorhead State. Northern Iowa Panthers hosting Youngstown State. That'll be on 99 The Wave. You can listen to that at 1 o'clock kickoff. 12 noon pregame on our sister channel. Also, it is Ellsworth Community College on the road to Coffeeville 
today at 1 o'clock. Some area volleyball, AGWSR at the Waverly Shell Rock Tournament, South Harden at the Green County Tourney, and some cross-country. Wardburg hosting a big invitational, the Steve Johnson invite in Waverly, Dighton, Hartford, IFA, AGWSR, part of that, and South Harden hosting their own Pine Lake Invitational down at Eldora. I'm Dwayne Carson's reporting. Have a fabulous weekend.